hey Google, lights off. <laughs> and then I <laughs> and I go, hey, hey Google, lights on. <laughs> I love that um like seven second delay. Yeah, right. <laughs> between your voice and it actually activating. Why does it take so long? Oh, that's that's a bit dark. Uh hey Google, set lights to 20%. We're living in the future. Oh, there we the future is bright, but only by 20%. Or or it's 20% darker, depending on on what the machine decides to listen to. Only at the whim of Google's merciful light giving. Um, speaking of being at the whim of uh, big tech companies, and um, this is a bad segue, this is Digital Disasters. I want to start off by acknowledging that I'm working on Daragland. Uh, Kevin, you're working on Daragland as well. We're both zooming in from our respective homes. Yeah, and we're locked down. Oh, yeah, we're in lockdown. I keep forgetting. So how's, how's uh, lockdown treating Yeah. Um, well, I was at the office today, so uh, oh. I was very bad at being in lockdown because I was just out of the house, but I only, you know, saw myself and you online and then other people online. Uh, I, I feel like I, I sleep worse when there's lockdown for whatever reason, even though my routine doesn't change much. Maybe it's that idea of knowing that I'm not going anywhere it means that yeah. I feel less tired. So I'm worse at like passing out at night and going, now I'm just going to fall asleep. What about you? How's your lockdown? Um, pretty much like you said, I mean, no, really no change in for me anyway, because like I'm either at work or I'm at home. Uh, I go out rarely, um, but otherwise I'm at home. So this is uh, very much the norm for me. I, I want to know what rarely going out looks like for you. Mm. Um, whenever you invite me out. <laughs> so like once every three months. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, Kev. Um, hey, I'm going to do something that I don't usually do on Zoom calls because I like looking at my own face. But for whatever mm. reason, when I'm talking to you, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to hide my video because I don't want to see me as well. I kind of only want actually, to see you know, I'm going to do that as well. There's something about Zoom meetings where the ability to see your own face while you're speaking, I feel, at least for me, makes me pay less attention to both what I am saying and what someone else is saying because I'm, I'm a bird. I'm like a bird in a cage and I've just got a little mirror. I'm like pecking at it. Like, oh my gosh, it's me. It's me. It's me. Humans are very vain, vain yeah. creatures. So. They really are. But also if I were you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame myself either. I would stare at myself all day if I had your face. So is your face. And on that note, this is Digital Disasters, where we talk about all the times in our lives where we've dealt with technology and it has got the upper hand and it has defeated us. Um, whether we knew it at the time or not, we found ourselves in situations where we were outsmarted by ones and zeros and motherboards and um, computational uh, algorithms and us, our monkey brains were stuck um, in the aftermath thinking what went wrong and what could we have done differently? And often that answer is we could have done nothing differently because um, it, it happened because of our own, I don't want to say stupidity because I feel like, you know, we're all learning, we're moving through this life and trying to figure things out. Um, but it, it happened because there was something big and important that either we didn't know or no one knew. Kev, have you had many digital disasters in your life? Um, a few, a few. And I think it's also very apt that we're, we're recording this podcast through Zoom as well, using, uh, I guess, 
the one technology that in the past year everyone is now extremely familiar with mm. where like you know uh zoom has become a verb yep. if you will it's very interesting I, and... I haven't decided yet whether or not um zooming is a verb as well or if it's just to zoom because you can oh, say <laughs> google and that's a verb um yep. but can you you can can you say googling and is that a verb as well oh asking the big questions but um yes disasters of the technical kind i don't think i've had that many but the ones that i have had were quite like heartbreaking almost yeah i think that's the common thread with mine that i have listed as well is that when when they kind of happen or, or these ones that are still happening they're like they really affect your life and when we're talking about digital disasters i think for the both of us the ones that affected us the most is when something some piece of technology in our life did something it wasn't supposed to, and we lost data, and we lost storage and memories. And for you, those memories were musical, and for me, they are photographic. But I think we'll go through, we'll each take turns kind of chatting through what that was like for us. And I was kind of thinking as we go through it, maybe we can talk about, um, well, what happened for one? And the second thing I wanted to touch on is how you felt about the incident in the moment. And then, how do you feel about it now um, after time has passed? Because I think for mm. the really big ones on our list, it's been, I would say a number of years for me. I'm not sure if it's the same for you. I kind of want to see what our reaction was when the digital stuff went wrong in the moment and then how we feel about it this far away from the original occurrence. So I mm. might get you to start if that's okay, because I'm very, very interested in hearing what the music incident is for you because you've mentioned it in hushed tones before. But I, yes. I don't have um, I don't have more info than that. Yes, I can finally uh, elaborate because I think we've we've uh, briefly mentioned or talked about it in the one of our car podcasts. Mm, yeah. Um, so now how the full story, the real deal. So tell me what happened. Um. So a rule of data protection that is normally uh, suggested to people is that you make a backup of all the files that you find important. Um, that could be photos, that could be important documents, it could be uh, uh, memories such as videos, music, what have you. Um, and the idea is, is that you have one backup that's on your computer you have one backup that is just like on a separate uh, device or hard drive that's kept somewhere in your house. And you also have a third backup that is meant to be kept um, in an offsite location in the event that your house burns out. That's what, you know, that's, that's what I've read. Um, it sounds a little bit like overkill. Like it's, it's a little bit like you are a spy in Mission Impossible and then you've got to yeah. have dead drops. In different yeah, places yeah. around the world so you got like you know here is my passport here is my fake beard here is my currency in three different like here's my money in three different currencies and you're trying to like start a new life with your data it, it seems slightly paranoid um it does right but um what i've heard is that you know uh you, uh, you ask yourself the questions how much is your memories worth to you and, and if you lost all of your the things that are important to you, how would you feel about that? But of course, I, I, I agree with you, right? That it is slightly overkill and that I'm not going to like 
back up and then put it in an offsite location. Where am I going to put it? I don't know. It's the whole thing. Um, but I did decide that I did want to make a backup of my most um, important stuff. Um, the way I have my, my data set up, if you will, is that I have a copy of the important stuff on my computer. I have, and all of that is backed up to the cloud. In a way, it's not even backed up. It's just, it's accessible from the cloud. So anywhere I go, any laptop I use, I have access to all of my most important uh, documents. Um, the only thing that isn't up in the cloud is my music and my video files, just because that they're so large. Mm. Um, but I do have my photos backed up to the cloud. So I like, okay, I need a, a separate backup for both my music and my video in case my computer goes kaput. I, I need them yeah. backed up somewhere. So I decided that I would back them up to a, a, um, a thumb drive of some sort. Yeah. So I backed it up and, you know, for, for the longest while, I thought I was all safe. I was all good. Um, and then it all went wrong for now. <laughs> wait, uh, wait I've, got, I've got a few questions before you move on. Yeah. You had, at this point, before everything went wrong, all your photos were safe on some kind of cloud uh, savior thing. So you've got it like on yep. iCloud Google, or whatever. Yes, Google, Google Drive. Yep. So all your photos are on Google Drive. Yes. Um, you then, so, so what you were trying to back up onto your thumb drive was only music and videos? Um, actually, so backup on thumb drive was music videos plus another set of all the stuff I have on Google Drive. So it's Google, my, all of my Google Drive stuff and plus videos and music. And when you talk about music, because I think this will be important when we try to, like, if you're listening to this and you're trying to relate why this is important, the music is what, just music that you had downloaded, music that you had created? Like, what's this music you're talking about? Uh, both, actually. So um, before the advents of, of streaming platforms such as uh, Spotify and all of that. Oh, well, no, you're um, showing your age, Kev. No, 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 right. We had to... Uh, it was a gray area, I guess, of, of downloading music yeah. off the internet. Yeah. So all of the music I backed up. Really, I haven't downloaded any music past like, what, maybe 2014 or 20, 2015. But all the music that was backed up was music I had had, um, I guess, <laughs> illegally collected over the years look, from my... Look, from my let's, let's just say if this was The Matrix, you know, your friend Morpheus might have helped you... Um, get get some of this music or if you were a basketball basketball player um this is a deep cut your your mate um shazam would have helped you out as well yeah. absolutely absolutely <laughs> um so it was all of the music i collected throughout my primary school and high school days and also because i used to i think i've, I've briefly mentioned this to you that i used to dance back in high school oh you still dance Kev. Oh, I wish. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of, I would be responsible for kind of creating the music mixes for the dance performances I would do at school. So it was a bunch of um, that stuff as well. Yeah. So like music that's related to very specific memories for you, especially those like yeah. mixes when you're coming of age, you're in high school, you're a teenager, you're like developing your personality and your identity. So this music doesn't exist anywhere else at that point, other than what on your computer and now my computer backed up onto a thumb drive. On a thumb drive, that's correct. In yes. A lot of two pack. Twenty four. Sorry. Twenty fifteen. Oh, I think 
Yeah, that's sure. Let's just say. <laughs> and yeah. um, how how many gigabytes was this thumb drive that you were trying to back everything onto? Oh, that's a good question. Like, okay, okay, I can look it up right now. <laughs> what were you saying about Tupac? Oh, just it was a lot of Tupac on on, on, on my phone. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the music, the properties. Let's look. Let's <laughs> That doesn't make sense, but like 17 gigs of music. Wow, it's that's a lot. 17.8, so almost 18 gigs of music. Why is it so big? <laughs> anyway, I promise I didn't really... Uh, wait, no, no, that, that, that can't be right. I think I might be some additional stuff on here. Okay, that's still big. 14 gigs. Wow, that's a lot of music, man. Good, yeah. good. I don't know, maybe it's about like the way you compress the files or whatever, but that's still, yeah. that's still heaps. So tell me what happened. So... Sometimes, you know, we do silly things, right? <laughs> and if there's one thing I would impart on, on other people is don't use a thumb drive that you've used as a backup for your everyday use. Don't just use a backup thumb drive for then, you know, carry that around with you to start oh, no, mixing and, and matching um, um, different files that you need to carry oh. around. If you use a thumb drive for a backup, just store that somewhere else all right and don't touch it so i i started using that thumb drive for work here at the story factory um so very often i would um kind of put slides on this thumb drive so that i could you know display it on a smart board or yeah the smart board for the students that i i work with and i guess thumb drives don't like being switched between like a windows computer and then a mac computer and back to a windows back and forth very much it must do something to the thumb drive um and then i think you you would recognize this that sometimes when you put in a, a thumb drive perhaps you haven't used it for a while or perhaps you were in the same situation as i where you kind of go back and forth between mac and windows where if you put it back into a windows laptop or, or windows computer it would ask you do you want to fix your drive or, yeah. you know, the, yeah. Yeah. So I, I said, no, I said no, but then when I tried to use the drive, it wouldn't let me use the drive and I had to um, format it. Now at this point, when I, I began using the drive to carry just my work stuff, um, I had like completely forgot that I used this thumb drive as a, as a backup. Yeah. That was going to be my question. Like why are you carrying yeah. this around if it's so important? Um, so then I, I formatted it, not realizing that it had um, my, my music collection on it. Um, and it wasn't until one day that I started, you know what, I'm going to go through my music. I haven't gone through my music in a while. Let's see what's in there. Um, so I tried to click onto the, on the, onto the shortcut that was on my, on my desktop and yeah. saying, this folder is not connected to anything. I was like, that's strange. I kicked it again. I searched through my computer. I didn't find anything. I was like, okay, that's weird, but that's okay because I've made a backup. <laughs> so then like I have like a lot of like hard drives like from old laptops and stuff. So then the next 45 minutes was me just like plugging in hard drives, checking, okay, that hard drive, nothing in there. Chuck it away, grab another hard drive, plug it in. Nothing's in there. I'm starting to freak out. Yeah. I can't find and then like I'm sitting, like I'm thinking, like, where, where's where's this backup? Where the hell is this backup? And then I don't know how, but something led one thing led to another. And then I just I realized 
shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and I looked at all the different thumb drives I had and they all looked very similar. So I think what, I, what happened was I thought that um, one of the, the thumb drives that was supposed to be the backup was actually not the backup and it was the one that I was using carrying it around oh, no. and then it was then I realized that I had format and then and just I, like I, when I when I finally realized that that had happened I just like I was like oh. it wasn't just that it was like it was like uh, a, a, not only a disappointment mm. but like I don't know it was just like it was almost like heartbreak because it was yeah. all of this music that I had collected like well high school for like over like six six seven years yeah. um and and i think as well like a lot of my memories in high school like a lot of them had to do with dance as well and a lot of that that music stuff was on that folder and i think um there was a lot of memories attached to those so it was almost like you know having your most important photos or something mm. like that just being absolutely um destroyed you look, you look defeated. You look absolutely defeated still after all this time. So when did yeah. that happen to you? Was that last year or the year before? I mean, I think I realized, wait, did I not, did I, did I not tell you the, the ending of this, of this? No, because you were just saying that you were looking at your music file and you, you know how big it is now. So does that mean you found it again? Oh yeah. There's, there's a happy ending to the story. Is, oh, is it, oh, well, you got to finish the story then. What happened? <laughs> I thought I told you about this. No, um, I, I felt like you were still living with this heartbreak, but then that's why I was no. confused when you said that you were looking at the folder and you kind yeah, of yeah. Oh. looking at the, the, the size of it because you you said that you had backed it up on the USB and at that point it was supposed to also be on your PC, but when you looked for the file, it was gone. Yeah. But then what happened? So what happened is, do I, do I have it? So I'm just going to look, look at my drawers or something. Um, <laughs> Sliding out of frame. So turns out that... Um, I had, when I bought a laptop, um, a Windows laptop, maybe last year or something like that, um, I also bought an additional uh, M.2 SSD, so like a, a, another hard drive, um, essentially. One thing led to another, and it turns out that I, I didn't end up needing to use it. What I did do was then, <laughs> I guess, pass Kevin, you know, in a, in, a, in, a, in a fit of inspiration, decided, you know what? I'm going to make another backup. And I had backed up um, all of that music, all of my stuff onto this extra uh, M.2 SSD <laughs> that, oh then lived, that then lived in this, end up living like in the folds of this notebook, just like chucked in there. I've seen that notebook. Oh, <laughs> <This> <laughs> that's it. I think that's it. It just fell out of the notebook. It just fell out. I couldn't find it. Uh, so that's the so the backup is is on yeah 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 there. okay um <laughs> that's how I didn't realize this was in here I I completely forgot about this um and it wasn't until like this would have happened maybe what two maybe three months ago whatever that I was going through the thing and then <laughs> this exact same thing happened the MRT just fell out I was like what the hell <laughs> and then I chucked it into my computer. Lo and behold, all of my music was there. Oh my gosh. So what was the gap between you thinking you had lost everything and then you finding that NVMe drive? Oh, that's a... Um, like, I want to know if it was a week or if it was like a year. 
like how long did like, you do in the sadness like seven eight months i think oh yeah that's a long time yeah that's tough uh, um initially a tech disaster Actually, it is still a tech disaster, all right? That's a disaster. That's a lot to lose. The moral of this story is don't use your backup drive as an everyday drive, right? That's <laughs> one thing that um, the audience can take away from, from my story. I don't, I don't think that's the moral of the story. I think the moral of the story is when we said that that, like, third backup that you keep in another place is overkill. Oh, yeah. It totally is not because you ended up doing that accidentally and you found it in your notebook and it saved your music and your memories. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's life-changing. <laughs> so now your music exists on, on your PC, still on um, that drive? On my PC and on that drive, I'm pretty sure. So two backups. Maybe I should make it a third one again. <laughs> Who knows if I need it again one day. Wow. Um, that was a pretty fantastic digital disaster, although it ended positively, which means that it's not... Sorry. Really- a disaster it's kind of a learning experience which is okay as well i'm gonna tell you a real disaster <laughs> i'm gonna do one of mine not to throw shade yeah. on yours but i'm gonna do one that's objectively sadder than yours um and it's, it's still affecting me uh what four four years later so what i wrote down in our show notes is i just wrote a, a date range so a starting date and an end date and i'll read out those dates and then i'll say what it what it is so in here i've got january 8th 2015 and October 8th, 2017. Now, the reason those dates are in there is if you go into my current gallery on my phone, the first photo in my gallery is from January 8th, 2015. So that first date. And then there is a gap of almost three years. And the next photo in my gallery is October 8th, 2017. And it's not because I decided to be a hermit in those two and a half years and go, no, nah, see, I'm just never going to like use technology or take photos anymore. Um, it's not because I was trying to live in the moment. Um, that's bull crap. The reason why is because every single photo in that span that I took on my phone, which is a lot because I take a lot of photos, they're just gone. They're just, they're just gone, Kev. And there's no way to get them back. And I'm still so heartbroken about it. So basically what happened, you know how your phone asks to be updated like once every I don't know 10 minutes um it's like please update me please update me I am someone who ignores that message periodically like I I will just go no tech you're not the master of me I will ignore you 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 can't boss me around I'm gonna just keep hitting ignore 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 on this notification so it had been maybe two or three months since I'd updated my iPhone at that time and I think it was Um, I don't think it was the phone I have now. I think it was another iPhone. But essentially, you know how when you update a device, you have to plug it into power and and kind of leave it and not do anything to it. And the thing that almost every every device, whether it's a gaming console or a PC or a phone or a laptop, always says when it's updating is do not turn off this device. Don't turn off this power. So what happened is... I had on my bedside table, my charger where it's usually plugged in and my phone that was on maybe 2% battery. And I was like, okay, this is fine. I'm just going to plug it in. And I think now is the time that I'm just going to decide to update my phone. I think it'll be totally okay. So I, I plugged it in and I said, yep, you can update. I put my little passcode in and then it started updating. And it's like, do not remove from power. I'm like, no worries. I will not remove from power. It'll be totally fine. 
for some reason that I don't remember, I think the trauma of it has like put, put cotton around the memory. I removed it from power. I think what happened, so this is mostly my fault. And I think what happened is I thought he had finished charging. Like he usually says that thing of if you're more than 50% battery, you don't need to, um, you don't need to keep it plugged into power. Like that's going to be enough to update it. So I think it reached like 50 something percent battery and I unplugged it because I just wanted to move my phone somewhere so I could keep an eye on it while I was doing something else. And when I unplugged it, it just turned off. Um, I was like, okay, that's, that's bad. But I, I'm sure there's like fail safes in place for this. So I, I tried to turn my phone back on and no dramas at all. It turned back on, but it did this thing that I'll still, I think I'll just remember this forever is I turned the phone on and then, you know, when you first set up an iPhone and I don't, you've had an iPhone before, you know, when you first set it up and you turn it on, the first thing it does is it does that really stylized kind of graphic designed hello. Like yeah. it's like speaking directly to you. And that hello was so clinical and so sterilized that I was like, this phone has never seen me before. This device thinks that I'm a stranger which I immediately started to panic thinking, what happened to this phone that I knew and loved? This phone that has three years worth of photos on it. I feel like this is, this is just like your version of the notebook. It really is. Um, I feel like uh, Ryan Gosling would play my phone in this yeah. movie um, and I would be played by myself because no one could capture my sadness like I could. <laughs> so basically, turned on the phone. It asked to be set up as if it was a brand new phone. And I went through the setup process and I, I looked at my gallery and every photo was gone, except, except for some weird reason, a single photo from January the 8th, 2015. And this is not gonna play well over audio, but I'm gonna show you what this photo is without yeah. any context. The photo, the only photo that is saved on my phone from, from January 8th, 2015, which was, I think the day I bought the phone, I was like, I'm not gonna give any more context, but it was the day I bought the phone, this photo was on in my gallery. And I think it saved because like my iCloud was, was turned on, but I had turned it off after that. Mm. It's a whole other problem. But this is the only photo on my phone from the first three years of owning it. You ready? All right. Yeah, you <laughs> so it's, um. It's a, it's, oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down for our audio listeners. Oh, it's, a, it's a man with a, um, a do-rag, sunglasses, a leather vest, leather gloves. Um, he's got tattoos all over his arms and boots and black pants. Oh God. And he looks like a discount bikey. Uh, That's, I don't know. Is that like your phone taunting you? Like I feel that adds more salt to the wound. It that really not, does. Like just... Not only could your photos just not be deleted, but just like one photo left, a completely yeah. irrelevant photo. And, and you know why that photo exists? It's because I was doing that. I don't know if you've ever ran our um, craft of writing workshop. Our, our, uh, our, actually, at that time is the area of study, our discovery workshop, mm. um, where we run workshops for uh, English students in year 12. And we we're kind of talking about the different styles that people have in writing. And this was an example of someone's style of like, that's the way they dress. And then that means like, what kind of writer would this person be? So it was some random activity that I was doing for work. And that's the photo that's kind of burned into my phone. And the very next photo, if I skip ahead almost three years, is a picture of breakfast. <laughs> 
delicious. Which is which is fine, but I I don't want that to be those two images to be the only like um the only record of that those three years of my life. So the reason this is so devastating to me is because I I, I would have lost photos from like when I first met Iman around that time doing stuff around the poetry slam. Um, it's probably around the time that I met you as well. Um, and we, we used to hang out at the art center. It also is every single photo of my family and nieces and nephews, especially as they're kind of growing older and you know that kids grow very quickly. So if I take a photo of my nephew every day for three years, which I'm not saying that's what I did, but I probably came close to that. All those moments in his life is gone because I just mm. didn't have iCloud on my phone. So suffice it to say since then, I have iCloud on my phone and I've upgraded it to like the highest plan where I can have as much data as I would like. So it's like 200 plus gigs of, of things just saved into the cloud that are just images and videos. And I haven't even come close to feeling that. But I took the phone to an Apple store, to multiple Apple stores, and I asked if there was anything that they can do. And all of them just looked at me as I described what happened and they just went, nah, man, that's gone. <laughs> oh, God. Did you reach a point where you're also like looking for like dodgy software on the internet to see if you could recover? Oh, 100%. I was like, all right, what is, the, what is the dodgiest way I can try to get this back? And I just, nothing worked. And then I think that the last solution was like, send your phone to this random address in, in not Australia. And in six to 12 months, they might get back to you about um, finding some data on your phone. Um, or you'll just never see your phone again. And I was like, mm. Mm, I think I'm going to just cut my losses. Yeah. Um, How many photos do you think you, you lost out well, of I, those three years? If I look at my gallery now, I think I'm on like <coughs> 14,000 photos. Jesus. Across I, since 2015, oh, well, really since 2017 to now, mm. which is four years, uh, which means that it probably was like 10,000 photos my lord and, and and photos that were like only from my perspective like it would have been my phone carrying around kind of going about my day doing whatever i was doing so it's not like these photos are only of events like i take photos of everything i love photography and they're just gone kev and in the moment i i remember sitting there like holding my head for like an hour just going there's no way this is true oh. and and most of the time i try just not to think about it it's just this like gap in my gallery um but if i harp on it too long i just get so upset but at the same time i think it's taught me to take better care of my data um and it means that like i i don't want that to ever happen again you lucked out you're like i, I oh actually i don't know if it was luck because it was past you being clever enough to know that something was going to go wrong but it was I, also past me forgetting that i did that <laughs> so i'm still i'm still waiting for the moment where i open my like random notebook and NVMe drive pops out with all those photos and it would just be like 10,000 photos of a bikey uh, um, and breakfast. Yeah, yeah. bikies and breakfast. Uh, that, so that, that's my digital disaster. How's that one? That truly was a, a disaster in every <laughs> sense of the word. My gosh. Uh, can you talk to me about, I'm thinking about how we're going for time. Do you want to just mm. skip to a digital win and then I'll do one of mine? Um, yeah. something that you think worked really well um, where 
it could be something that you thought was bad and then it ended up being okay but just something to balance out all these horrible experiences that we've had with i feel bad because now i'm giving i'm gonna give you like two digital wins <laughs> as opposed to one <laughs> uh, because we're not gonna we're gonna we're not going to uh, t- uh tell our second story just as a maybe as a way to entice our audience to see perhaps if this is some content they enjoy all right my my second digital disaster all right i'm not gonna tell the full story but because of the second digital disaster, I have sworn never to buy an iPhone again. Mm, that's very true. Kevin Unless did. they get rid of the notch, but I highly doubt they're going to do that anytime soon. So until what? then, I'm swearing off the iPhone. I'm looking at my phone. What do you mean by a notch? Well, what, what, show me your, your iPhone. Okay, you have a, a, a more uh, older one, but you know, the, from the iPhone 10 onwards, they have the, the notch. Oh, yeah, on the top. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just yeah, as a design yeah. choice, I, I absolutely hate it. So yeah. I'm never getting an iPhone again. But but that's not the reason why you're sworn off. Is it? No, not because of the notch. There's a different reason, but perhaps that's a story for another time. Right. Um, so my uh, digital uh, win, my digital win. Um, so recently, um, this actually all ties in, ties in very well. Um, you know, uh, at the Story Factory, we are doing a lot more uh, digital stuff. And also because we were going into lockdown, I knew that we would be on Zoom a lot. I mean, <laughs> I think Bilal, you and I can relate. I I've feel been like I've been in like eight hours worth of Zoom stuff with you just in the last two days. Yeah, it's just like ever since we went down into lockdown almost a week and a half ago, I've like pretty much been on Zoom every single day. And because I knew that I was going to be on Zoom uh, at home, I don't use my laptop's webcam just because i don't like the quality i i like right now with the same camera that i'm using here i use my like a, 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 a mirrorless camera that yeah. i use for as a as a webcam so i needed to look for the hdmi cable that i couldn't find anywhere um i ended up finding it but throughout my rummaging of looking for for the hdmi cable i found my um my old uh, uh game boy sp look at that um, i didn't know that that's why you came across it again so your silver game boy sp um, the OG one, it's very beautiful. Yeah. You found yes. that. Uh, a lot of memories were had on this thing. Um, and after I came across it, I just started thinking about, man, I had some really good times on, 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 that, on that Game Boy. <laughs> and then I was thinking to myself, oh, I, I have to go into a tangent, unfortunately. So um, I knew that from the, the console after the Game Boy SP was the... Um, nintendo ds mm-hmm. so it was the one that had two screens and the form factor of the cartridges changed so it had like a it was almost like a sd card and then i remembered that you know from all of my other friends that had a nintendo ds that they were able to like put on um um illegally downloaded uh games off the internet to play on that but you couldn't do that with a a game boy sp because um because it, it used cartridges yeah so then i started thinking wait, surely enough time has passed. I wonder if anybody has discovered a way to be able to download Game Boy Advance games from the internet and then to be able to play it on the original hardware. Because these days, like, it's very easy to um, uh, download emulators to play Game Boy Advance games on the computer, but the experience is is not the same. It's nothing like actually playing on the old hardware. And you're, you're talking hypothetically. All of this is hypothetical because you could hypothetically do all the things that you're saying, but obviously it's illegal. And It's so- illegal. So the thing is, um, there is a legitimate use for, for emulators though, yes. is that 
I mean, for me, I have no moral qualms of of downloading ROMs that I have. Maybe not, I didn't buy them because I was a child, but um, I have no qualms about downloading ROMs that I own the cartridges for already. Yep. So, Blau, you and I have talked about the games we own. Like, we both own some Dragon Ball Z. Um, yeah, I own yeah. some Pokemon Sapphire, some Yu-Gi-Oh. So I feel like because I've owned the cartridges already, I have no worries about actually downloading them off the internet yep. and then playing them on my computer. But like I said, the experience of playing on a computer is just, it's not great. Like I, when I try to play um, Game Boy games on the computer, I play for maybe five minutes and like, I don't like this. Yeah. So with that tangent aside, I started looking up, oh, is there a way to somehow get the games from the internet onto, onto the Game Boy? Mm. Um, and I found this YouTube video of a, of a gentleman um, uh, trying to explain, or I, like he was saying, I'm going to show you like the best way to kind of um, get the games from the internet and to be able to play it on your original machine. And then he was talking about how, um, yeah, there's a lot of easier ways, but I'm going to show you a hard way. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Mm. <laughs> that's an easy way. Give me, what's the, give me the easy one. <laughs> give me the easy way. So then I, I started like, scrolling through the video to see where he was talking about the easy way um and it turns out that you know through the magic of technology and, and very smart people um some individuals have found a way um to to get a old cartridge put in the sd card for it um, to transfer the roms onto the sd card put it into the cartridge and then you can play it which is what i ended up buying and i and i showed you this yep. the other day um so this is an everdrive focuses there we go um so this is a cartridge that comes with uh let me get it out for a tiny sd card 32 gigabytes so you put the roms what they call the games or the roms onto this and then you put the the card into the cartridge and then you can plug this into any um device that plays uh game boy advance so this will work on the game boy advance the sp the ds i think um whatever has the you know the slot for for this yep. cartridge so ended up buying this um but then i realized that the battery wasn't charging anymore um so i came to the uh conclusion that oh you know this is over like almost like over 15 years old, 20 years yeah. old. Um, so like, you know what? Probably just need to buy a new battery for it and it'll be fine. Um, surprisingly, people still sell batteries for, for these things. What do the batteries insane. look like? Like, are they kind of power units, like blocks or? They almost look like um, old, like cell phone batteries. If, if you- um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like, yeah. Um, bought a new battery and then I, I wanted to charge it. So I put in the, I put in, my charger for it's like the original charge for it and it wasn't working like i would have to wiggle the cable around a bit and then oh, the light will flash up for a little bit but then go off and then it would only charge if i hold the cable in a certain position i was like oh god dude. like there's a whole thing i was like god dude. so for me i was like you know what either something is wrong so then i started searching up on the internet the glorious internet the the vessel of knowledge that is the internet so i started searching up and then there were so many videos there's one particular video about this um, British bloke explaining why the charger wasn't working, you know, but it was like going over my head and it was like, you know, 
Or, you know, you can first thing, like, check, check out the resistor and see how the current flow, and all that, and it's like, oh God, it looked way too complicated. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a new cable, a new charging cable for this. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it's the cable's fault and not the actual um, device's fault. Bought a new cable. Um, and I think I messaged you this on, on WhatsApp, yep. um, explaining what happened with this cable. Bought a new cable came in. Um, uh, and because this cable was new, it was also like really tight around the port. So it was really hard to take in and out. And then the same thing happened. Like the light would come up for a little bit and it wouldn't charge unless I hold it in a particular way. Um, but then after a while, it just stopped charging completely. I was like, oh, great. I, I completely screwed it up. Not charging anymore. I bought a, a, a cartridge that cost quite a bit, probably a <laughs> bit too much. <laughs> for, well, for I would say a cartridge that probably costs more than what the SP cost when you first bought it. Ooh, is that right? I, maybe. Actually, I, for uh, this is, if you wanted to buy a new SP these days, yep. it would be the same amount as this cartridge. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then this wasn't charging anymore. At this point, at this stage, I had two choices. One was just to show out more cash, just to buy a new, a new SP, SP completely. And yep. by new, I mean refurbished as well. So not like, I mean, Nintendo is not making these anymore, yep. but there is an aftermarket of people buying old SPs, fixing them up and then selling them again. Yeah. Or, and so that would have cost me, um, for just like a basic SP, 150 bucks, right? Alternatively, I could go back to the video of the British man talking through um, fixing the charge port, all right? And with that though, actually like fixing it required a lot of equipment, but I did my research and then I did like a cost analysis. Buying all of the equipment to be able to fix this would have cost me at around uh, $100. Yep. All right. Here was my dilemma. For 150 bucks, I could buy something new. Yes. For 100 dollars, I could buy all of the equipment needed to fix this. But because I'm just some dude, you know, some normal bloke that has no prior experience with working or fixing electronics, yep. I could spend 100 bucks, but there was a chance that I would not be able to fix it. So then I would have spent 100 dollars buying all of this equipment to fix it not being able to fix it and then ending up spending another $150 to buy a new SP. At that point, I would have spent $250 and that money could have been spent buying a different SP that has an upgraded screen. All right. So there was all of these different costs, cost risk scenarios that I had to um, figure out. At any point in you doing this, did you create a spreadsheet? Um, not a spreadsheet. I, I should have done it. I should have done that. I'm just curious. <laughs> did do you know what I did? What? I was like using the calculator app on my on my computer and then trying to remember the numbers. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to know how deep into the rabbit hole you fell. So um, I ended up deciding to go with just buying the equipment. And I was like, you know what? This British man seems to know what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna try to um, I'm gonna try to fix it. Um so I bought the equipment and then at this point, after I bought the equipment, I set everything up before I delved into this, into this challenge. I sent you a picture as well. You did. Oh. And um, you keep going. I'm going to bring up this photo just for our video listeners, just so I can, I can show it off because it's, it's quite amazing. So you bought all the stuff, then what? 
I bought all this stuff. And um, maybe I should also uh, mention that, let me, I'm just gonna pull this up quickly as well. Um, that the equipment I bought, a quick rundown of the equipment I bought, and maybe you can, you can uh, show this for our video uh, watches if there are any video watches. So on the screen from left to right, um, I will kind of uh, explain what I bought. So on the far left side is a, like a little blue device, which is a soldering iron. Um, next to it, there's a little <laughs> like gold spongy thing. I'm sorry, yeah. that's like, um, like you use that to clean the soldering iron. Yeah. Um, the screwdrivers at the back I already own. So the two pen looking things that in the middle there, one is a flux pen which is used to like before you solder you need to kind of like prep it with flux the next one is like is, is a is um solder so solder wire then we have uh, a solder braid if you mess up and then um you have some isopropyl alcohol at the back there to clean up stuff <laughs> and then the last item which was also really funny because you're like what the hell is that is a um, multimeter this and that's just, what is this yes. A multimeter and that's to kind of test for i guess um making test like measuring voltage testing for continuity um so on and so forth um now the one upside to this was that if i ended up not being able to fix it i could technically use all of this equipment in the future for other projects if i needed to i've always wanted to buy all of this stuff but i was like there was never any one project that made me um that made me want to really buy all of these things. So I think there's a possibility now that I could um, um, look at other electronic projects in the future because of this. So, so did, you, did you have something to say? I just, I just want to know why, I guess. Like, I want to I know what I'm getting at is I don't understand why you did all that. Like, you... you I think majority of people, correct me if I'm wrong, would have just bought the new SP. Like they would have just- You think they, so? They, yeah, like you, you, you look up the, the how to fix your own one. And then as soon as the person says, you need this equipment, you just say, I'm not going to do that. Because mm. like you said, you got to get the equipment and then you got to teach yourself how to do it. I'm not knocking you. I admire that so much. I wish I was like that, but I'm the, I'm the complete opposite. I'd just be like, I'm just going to spend money and fix this problem. So why, 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 why? I think, honestly, the opportunity to save 50 bucks. Because <laughs> I am a stingy bastard for now. Oh my gosh, man. You're like, you are so productive because you are so cheap. Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely. I and I think as well, another, another upside is, I think uh, I, I mentioned, I mentioned this to you the other day, is that for some like, like, um i was doing like a cleanup the other day organized in my room and i realized actually i'm gonna grab it real quick just to show you yeah, yeah. go for it i was consult consolidating all of the equipment that i just like bought over the over the years of like doing like mini projects you hold your bag it's a tool bag Oh, um, wow. professional. So this is not it. I have like a, a bigger box as well. So in my large box, right, I have a drill. I have like a whole screwdriver set. And then in this little box here, Dremel. I have my... Is the Dremel, is the Dremel my, back? Yeah. Yes. I have the multimeter. Uh, I have a... I have my Dremel. 
If can you oh. get a Dremel? I've got my safety glasses. Yep. Um, got my tool kit. Um, got a knife. <laughs> That's um, serious business that knife. And what else? I've got a lot of and then also yeah, my my soldering iron is in the big box along with the with the drill as well. And like I just realized that I pretty much have like a mini workshop of of stuff. So like for for the major for like maybe. 80% of stuff that I might want to do, like I'm pretty much set out for. And then, cause after this, after realizing it, I decided I need to buy a, a set of exacto knives as well. And I think that would be my complete set. Um, I, you know. I, I tremor to ask, but um, why do you need the exacto knives? But technically, I don't need exacto knives. I mean, you don't I need any some... of the stuff that you have, but like, why, <laughs> why, do, you, why do you need it? Um, so are you familiar with exacto knives? Not really, I know the name. Um, I will maybe if I uh, I can share my screen. Yeah, go for it. Uh, we can uh, we can talk about this in a bit. Oh wow! Uh, exacto knife. Uh, so they're just like really. They're they're used oh. by I guess like by architects a lot yeah, no, to create I, I, models. I used these when I was doing visual arts in school. I used them for stenciling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you can replace yes, yes they use that for the kind of blades. And then yeah. yes, and they come to like a lot of different sizes and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's just so um for when a box cutter is like a bit too large, you can yeah. use like an exact knife to get be more precise. Anyway, that's again that's a whole other thing we can talk about. So after I bought the equipment, set everything up, um, you asked me what I did. I actually I should share my screen again. I put yeah. on this video. I put on this video. Yeah, I'll put this on here. And I basically just like watch this British man kind of walk through him fixing his own um um freezer problem. The thing is though, with that, um like his he we both had the same problem of our thing not charging, but we ended up having different um our reasons were different as to why it wasn't charging. Oh yeah. But the process that the kind of like the troubleshooting process that he goes through um still applied to me i guess so him testing a first let's actually test the port itself is it actually too loose or is it something else and then going through different components of the device to see what was um wrong didn't actually help me much but <laughs> what i did get from this device was learning um learning which which of these chips were responsible for power Yep. All right. After knowing that, <laughs> so this is why, like, um, I, this is why I actually like, don't know much. This is just me looking at a video and then deciding to just <laughs> do whatever. Was after learning which were the chips responsible for power, I just literally took my soldering iron, just like extremely hot piece of metal. I just like started stabbing my board. <laughs> Stab this why? chip. Stab, stab that chip. Okay, I, I, maybe a stab is a bit harsh, but I'll, uh, I, I started going through chips and I started doing something called um, uh, reflowing the pins, where perhaps like after 20 years or so, the, the, the solder is really old. And that <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm by... just imagining a dark alleyway at night and someone's about to get a stab and they're like, no, please don't hurt me. And they're just like, no, I'm just going to reflow you. <laughs> So <laughs> I reflowed the pins, putting a bit of heat on the chips and pretty much it's like kind of like 
um, reseating the, the pins. Yeah. Um, and I was reseating the chips responsible for power. Um, so the video, I spent like 40 minutes, like watching the video, trying to think, I was like, this is not helping me in, in any other way. But I did learn like, okay, like testing to see how the power flows. So, yeah. and then after I did that, I, I did the test to see if the power flowed. The power flowed. I was like, okay, that's a good sign. Put everything together, plugged in the charger, and it was holding the charge. Didn't need to hold it in any particular oh way. Just plugged in. Wow. Light came up. It stayed that way. And the first thing I did was I took a picture and I sent it to you. Yeah, yeah. And like, I didn't understand the saga that you went through to make it work. But your your message to me of just like, I don't know, I just did stuff when it worked made me laugh so much. That, That's amazing. Honestly, 90% of the problems I solved was that I just started pressing buttons and it, and it worked. <laughs> Do you know what this makes me think? Is that there is a video game that I think you would love. And, mm. and I feel like you would fall into such a deep, deep hole with it because all the stuff that you're describing about like thinking of flows and circuitry and like how to be more efficient. We might've spoken about this game before. Have you ever played Factorio? Oh God. Yeah. I haven't played it, but I've heard of it. If you ever played Factorio, I fear I would never see you again. <laughs> I think the game was, was literally designed for your brain and your brain only like that, that game exists. To, to hit the like happy centers of Kevin Lowe's brain. And I, I totally recommend it to you. Although please never play it because I'll miss you so much. I'll be scared. I'll, I'll never return to human civilization. Wow. All right. Um, I'm going to, I actually, I'm going to count that as a little bit of a disaster, but you pulled it back again. You're just better at pulling things back than I am. Um, which segues really well into the last thing I was going to mention, which was one of my disasters that ended up okay. Um, because you know we're trying to do a more positive second one but the reason it ended up okay is because of you like you you're the one who fixed this i think the common denominator is that when when things go wrong um don't call kevin because you know he doesn't like phone calls but uh, he's very very useful to have around especially as a friend so my one is i wanted to build my first pc and i was doing it last year so it's my first custom built pc and i went through all the trials and tribulations of like picking the parts and then like trying to find good prices for them and then doing all the kind of nerve-wracking things of actually putting the bits and pieces together and all throughout the process the thing that i kept thinking of is that you are in all the things that you do incredibly brave and creative and i know that like i tend to compliment you about lots of different things but i'm going to explain why i'm saying this i think a creative person is unafraid of failure and I think when you do all the things that you're describing, especially to do with tech stuff, you are unafraid of messing up. You're like, you know what? I am going to stab the motherboard of my childhood Game Boy SP because I believe in the process. Like the worst that will happen is that it just doesn't work. And I think that's like comes into your creative process as well as a writer and as a performer. Like I think you, you are that kind of person. But me, when I'm doing the, the, the kind of PC building stuff, I was terrified at every step of the way that I was going to mess things up. Um, as I was doing it though, I didn't break anything. I didn't put any of the pieces in the wrong place. Everything worked. I booted the PC, went into the BIOS and everything was working as it, as it should. And then I was like, okay, now I have to do the simplest final step of, of putting a PC together. I'm just going to install windows. I'm going to install you know that, that, that part, right? That installing part of windows. Cause I also built my own uh, PC a couple of years back. And, but before that moment, I spent like years years below of researching of how to build a pc but i was always afraid of actually taking the leap the thing i was scared of was that installing really uh, installing windows was what held me back and i i think 
like the reason why I didn't expect it to be so difficult is when you look up uh, videos of how to build PCs, there's so many videos on YouTube, but most of the like, this is how you do the window stuff is such a small portion of the video. Mm. Like go to this website. It's literally go to this website, download this file, put it on this USB and then put it on your PC. And then like, it'll, it'll do everything that it needs to do. The thing that I hadn't accounted for, and I don't know if you've ever dealt with this before. It's a little bit like that, that kind of chicken or chicken or egg, which one came first thing, but to do with computers. And the problem that I had, which is why I was a bit of a disaster is I was looking at this PC, this newly built PC that I was so excited that I had built. And I'm like, all right, I just have to install windows. So go to this website and put this file on this USB, but you have to do that on a PC. Like you have to do that on a Windows. You have to do that on a Windows, like on a PC that has the operating system has to be Windows. So you have to do it on a on a Windows system. So it's like, okay, I need to build a PC, and then I have to put Windows on it. But I have to have a PC (laughs) to get Windows. And I I can't explain to our listeners how long I tried to figure out how to using a Mac, which is what I'm on now, uh, a MacBook Air. create that file to put onto a USB and like trick the USB into thinking that it's a windows uh, Mac and, and all the, because basically what you have to do is you have to configure your Mac um, into thinking that it's a window, like it's running windows so that it can create that file to put onto the USB. But the problem is that the process of doing that to do that, you also still need a Windows PC. Like you, you, need, you need a PC to kind of download the files that you would need to then turn your Mac into a Windows PC to do the thing, to create the USB, to put Windows onto the other PC. Like it is so convoluted. And I built my, my, um, my custom PC in maybe two hours. I don't know if that's quick or, or slow, but I did, a, I did like almost from start to finish from like unboxing to putting all the parts together. It was two hours. I spent three more hours after that trying to figure out what to do with Windows. And you were on the phone with me. You were, you were on. I, I remember like you just like sending messages in WhatsApp of just like slow descent into madness as you kept trying every possible solution to this problem, but nothing worked. And then you were just like, you were, you were reaching a, 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 a very dark point. I, I really was Kev. And it, it kept descending into like, it, it kept coming back to all I have in this house is this Mac and a hard drive, right? And a USB. And it's like, every single forum I looked at, every video was just like, oh, this is super easy. All you need to do is um, go on your go on your PC and create this file. I'm like, you don't understand. I don't <laughs> have, have it. And then, and then other stuff was like, all right, here's the more complicated way. Um, you need to partition your, your hard drive on your Mac and you need to have this much free space to do that. And I'm looking at my Mac and I'm like, okay, I have, I don't have that much free space. So I need to put it onto my hard drive, but I don't have enough space on my hard drive to take all the stuff off of my Mac to put onto a separate hard drive to create enough free space to partition this drive. So I'm just like stuck in this loop of, I have, I have no way of fixing this. So what I ended up doing is I messaged you for like, you know, the 7,000th time that night. And I said, Kev, are you awake? (laughs) And you said, why? And I said, I'm going to drive to you. I'm driving to you right now. Um, 
can you please give me a USB with Windows on it? And you're like, sure. So I, I, I got in my car. It was like 1040. I looked at Iman and I said, Iman, I'm going to Kevin's house. And um, I, at 1040, I'll be back uh, after 11. And I just need to get a USB from him. Um, and I did that. And I showed up at your house. You were in your jammies. You gave me that yep. USB. And I still have that USB somewhere here. It's in one of those boxes. I want that back, but I'll damn it. I know, I know, I will. Um, and, and then I plugged it in and within like 10, 10 minutes later, I had windows installed on the PC and I wasted three hours of my life. And I think the reason why I, this is, I still count this as a disaster is because I never had the satisfaction of fixing it myself. Mm. Like it was still you who did it, which like, you know, again, still thank you so much, but it's not like your Game Boy SP thing where you just tried and it worked. I tried mm. and failed. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the, the moral is of that story. Uh, is that you're now very familiar about how to uh, partition your Mac to dual boot Windows. I can't explain to you the first time I opened my Mac after that ordeal and I just looked at it and I was like, I want to throw this off a cliff. <laughs> oh, no. So all that- um, but I guess the, the good, um, not necessarily good side, but like, I mean, uh, uh, your next saga, right, is that you have decided to build another PC, right? I have, yes. Now you're going to be an expert in knowing what to do. And you have a Windows key on my USB that, you know. Exactly. So it's funny, like this next time that I've been looking up components and stuff for this next build, I'm like, I know things. I thought that I had done enough research the first time where I like knew about PC components. But now in the second round of researching it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually know what all of this means now. Like in the first instance, I had to learn everything and then learn the parts that I want. And now I have that knowledge and I can take it into this next build. And I wonder if it's the same thing for you the next time you have to like solder something. But like I get the mm. basic principles of this thing. And maybe the moral and the takeaway of this episode is that we have these disasters, but we're learning from them. Like especially that stuff about us losing our data. I mean, hopefully in your case, you're going to make a third backup and pop it in you know, a journal somewhere. We're, we're becoming better after we make these mistakes. And it's because there's, there's so much about technology that we just don't understand and can't understand until we go through the nitty gritty of it ourselves. And um, you know, in, in, if you're very lucky, you've got like a mentor or a friend like Kevin who can walk you through the very difficult part. Or you're like Kevin and you're sitting alone in your room with like soldering smoke going up your nose watching the same British man explain something for like the 10th time. Something on that. It, it, it's, it's recommended that you have some sort of fa- extractor fan running while you're working with soaring. I was like, I've spent $100 on all of this equipment already. I'm not spending another 20 bucks on something that would be help with my uh, health, which is this extractor fan. So I'm, um, I'm soldering and I'm blowing away the smoke as I'm soldering. I was like, this will be fine. And then like maybe an after, after I saw it, I was like, man, I'm feeling woozy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so uh, spend the extra 20 bucks to buy an extractor fan is the moral of that story. Yeah. And um, for that reason, the special code for this episode, if you've made it this far, so we know that you've made it this far is extractor fan. You mentioned that to us. And if you, if you want it, you will also get a, a, the video version of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it that way. If you, if you tell us, if anyone messages us and says extractor fan, we'll send you this video so that you can, whether you like it or not, you just, you just got to get, Oh yeah. Whatever, whatever mode you communicated with us with, we're going to then send this video through that. If you send us a letter, we're going to like um, look at the mail and then just have a tiny little USB with all Kevin's backed up. 
info on it um, at this point. You have a set of my music as well that I've connected with. Well, well, Kevin's music. Uh, thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>